Welcome one and welcome all to the podcast of the foolishness that is completely random. Or in Portuguese, completamente aleatoria talisi. My name is Asia and I will be your host body for the evening. See, I've unfortunately gone and stumbled down the rabbit hole that is dream interpretation. And it costs me many precious hours of sleep last night. A little background information. I do this thing where I study one very particular topic for months on end until I am an expert at all things that subject. The very first topic I ever binge studied was sleeping and boy oh boy did I really overdo that one. I just found it fascinating really. The stages of sleep, the REM thing, sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, the whole shebang. I'm now at the point where 90% of the time I can control my dreams. What does that mean? I could go to sleep telling myself that I'm going to dream about a certain thing. So say I wanted to dream about playing basketball. I could do that. I could lay down and say, tonight I'm going to be playing basketball with Kobe Bryant for some reason. If that's what I wanted to do, I could do it. Uh, I'm also able to, like, uh, what am I trying to say here? (laughs) I'm also able to choose how it plays out. So once I'm in a dream, I, it could be going a certain way and I'll just be like, "Mm, no, I'd rather it happen this way. Um, and if it starts getting too random, cause I could just let it play out. I can just be like, nope, not today, Satan, and fix it the way that I want it to. There's been plenty of times where I was having a nightmare and I either just told myself to wake up or I decided to make the nightmare a little less nightmarish. Uh, And on top of that, if I wake up and I can't move, which is when the body is caught in a state between sleep and awakeness, when you are in the REM stage, the deepest part of your sleeping, you dream very vividly and your body basically paralyzes itself so that you don't hurt yourself. Cool, right? Well, sometimes you wake up, but your body is still in that REM state of paralysis. So the very first time I remember that happening to me, I was napping in my parents' bed during a particularly, particularly, I couldn't say that word, particularly bad thunderstorm. I was eating strawberries and I fell asleep, which is often what I did during thunderstorms. Well, uh, I woke up and I tried to move and I couldn't. And I remember thinking that I was dead. I was like, yo, I'm dead. (laughs) And I tried to scream, but I couldn't do that either. So my mom walked by and she heard me just like going, "Mm, mm, mm," because I couldn't move my mouth, but I could still make noise and my eyes were wide open. But she just walks away and she's like, oh, she's just streaming. And I was so pissed. I was like, well, now what do I do? My mom can't help me if she doesn't know that I need help. So what I uh, eventually ended up doing was falling back asleep. And then when I woke up the second time, I was free to move. I wasn't caught in that REM stage. Um, So that's what sparked actually my whole sleep study. And now I'm super chill when paralysis happens. So that's what I was saying. Uh, If I wake up and I can't move, I really don't panic anymore. I just focus on moving just one thing, like a finger. Uh, Like the finger on my left hand, for example. I can be like, okay. We're just going to move one finger. And like at first I can't do it, but if I focus on it, eventually I can move that finger. And so after I focus all that energy onto the finger, 
Um, I then can move, I try to move all the fingers on that one hand. And after I do that, the rest of my body usually catches up and it's all Gucci from there. Uh, now, some people claim that they see shadows and demons and mystery creatures when they get sleep paralysis. Uh, it's even a whole meme now. Like, people make a joke out of this. Like, you know, oh, what I see when uh, sleep paralysis or, like, the demon that's at the end of my bed during sleep paralysis. You know, and it's, like, something super stupid. Uh, but uh, that is never, that has never happened to me. I certainly do believe in shadowy demon creatures, but like I said, personally, I've never seen one during sleep paralysis, so I cannot attest to that. Uh, but because I am super interested in this topic already, naturally, when I watched the YouTube video yesterday about a manic interpreting his dream while he was at the airport, I was hooked. I was like, wow, I got to watch more of these. And so that's kind of how I fell down the rabbit hole. I was like, oh, yes, this, this is what we came here for. I don't think that every dream has a meaning, certainly not my dreams, because I pretty much just come up with the stuff myself, like I'm writing a school play or something, but I feel like there are actually people who have dreams, and there are people who can interpret those dreams. Um, like I said, it's just not it's just not me. Some of these dreams are just odd enough that you wake up unsettled, and I guess that's how you tell like, oh, this is a dream that is symbolic of something. And so, you know, you there's more to your dream than meets the eye. But that's, uh, that's not me, like I said. So I'm super interested in this. And I was saying, gosh, I really wish that my dreams were like this. What can I do to rectify this situation? Here's my answer. That is why I am providing free dream interpretation for you today. Yes, you heard me correctly. I am going to interpret your dreams. Accuracy not guaranteed and results may vary. Of course, like I do in pretty much every episode, I must put out a disclaimer. I don't want people to hate me and I also don't want to get sued. So this is why I do it. I don't actually know anything about dream interpretation. Uh, I do think it's real. I just don't think that I can do it. <laughs> I am just a very, very dumb girl who thought it would be fun to do this for a podcast episode. And therefore, please do not be that idiot that bases important life decisions off of the information in this podcast. Thank you. First, I'm going to start by listing some common dream elements and telling you what they mean. And then later on, I'll read some very specific dreams and outline the whole thing from top to bottom. Let us begin. What do dream colors mean? Number one, if you see the color red in your dreams a lot, it may mean that you are dying. Physically, maybe, but it could also be symbolic as well. Uh, it could be the death of an old era and the birth of a new one. It could mean the death of a friendship or a relationship. It could be you. You could be nearing the end of your days. And if I were you, I'd ask yourself the following questions. One, do you feel the atmosphere shifting anywhere in your life? In your job, at school, at home? <laughs> do you feel the atmosphere shifting anywhere in your life? Are you sick and possibly terminally ill? 
Does anyone around you have some murderous vendetta against you? If you answered yes to any one of these questions, you may be experiencing a death of some sort. Number two, if you are experiencing purple auras in your dream, it probably means that you are possessed. Please seek help immediately from your local church or a demonic evacuation specialist. In the meantime, I recommend you stay away from children and small animals as you may pass off a piece of evil to someone else unintentionally. And evil pets and children are notoriously hard to control. Have you ever seen Pet Cemetery? Have you? I haven't, but have you? <laughs> Number three, if you see a fair amount of yellow in your dream, it means one of two things. One, it could mean that you are allergic to pollen because pollen is yellow. Two, it could also mean that you have yellow fever, which I think has something to do with mosquitoes. Not really sure. If this is the case and you are experiencing the color red in your dreams as well, then put two and two together because you probably have something going on with you and it is not pretty. If you are not allergic to pollen and you know for a fact that you don't have yellow fever, it could also mean this very rare third thing. It could mean that you will be visited by a stranger in exactly 16 days at 7.02 p.m. at your house, and he's going to give you an excessive amount of pennies, which may or may not equal up to $10 don't know for sure. Number four, if you see the color black in your dreams, it means that you are a black person. That is all. Number five, if you see the color dream, color dream, that's not a color, <laughs> the color green in your dreams, it may mean that you have a lot of unresolved daddy issues that you need to take care of. Perhaps you were upset that your dad tried to kill your runt baby pig who ended up befriending a spider that created intricate webs with messages on them. Perhaps instead you are wishing that your father didn't get trampled to death in a cattle stampede at the hands of your uncle. And perhaps your father procreated with women all over the universe of different planets and only tried to have a relationship with you because he thought you'd take over the world with him. Whatever it is, if you're seeing green, go and get some much, much needed closure. If you didn't get that last reference, <laughs> I do recommend you see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think that's the second one. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I think I think that, that covers enough colors for now. Um, so let's move on to symbols. Now, symbols are an entirely different thing because to interpret them, you need to have clear vision, a stable mind, and an excellent imagination. I have two of three of those things, and I'll let you take your pick as to which you think I have. But because of my many life experiences, I feel that I am fully qualified to interpret your dream symbols for you. Shall we begin? If you are seeing dogs in your dream, it means your girlfriend is cheating on you. If you do not currently have a girlfriend, it means that if you go and get one, she's going to cheat on you. And she's going to cheat on you with some guy from Germany named Kurt. And Kurt's an okay guy. I mean, I really don't have a problem with him other than his apparent lack of morals. He's got great hair. Cool sense of style. He only speaks German, so that may be a deal breaker for you. Um, but if not, go for it. You know, I bet he's willing to cheat on her just as he was willing to date someone that's cheating on someone else, which was you, by the way. Go figure. 
Uh, Now, the good news is if you wait until you stop having dog dreams, and I'd say give it a good two weeks of dog-free dreaming, then go out and find yourself a pretty lady and she's not going to cheat on you. I mean, she might, but the dog dream won't have anything to do with it at that point. Okay, what's next? If you are seeing suspicious criminal activity in your dreams, it means that Santa Claus is watching you and training you to become his head elf. What does a head elf do, you might ask, just in time for Christmas, okay? Simple. All you have to do is snitch. See little Timmy is up to his usual shenanigans? Bam, go right on him like the good snitch you are and make sure Timming, Timming, wow, I can't talk today, can I? (laughs) And make sure Timmy gets a whopping amount of hot, steamy coal on Christmas morning. But maybe you don't celebrate Christmas. Maybe you're more of a Hanukkah person. Unfortunately for you, Santa only sticks to breaking and entering your home like the neighborhood pedophile on December 24th. But do not fear. I've got you covered. I don't know much about Hanukkah, but from what I was told in elementary school, you guys do appreciate dreidels and latkes. I think latkes are potato cakes. Don't quote me on that. But if you'd like, I can send a few your way. All I need are your home address and your credit card number. Who's hungry for more? You hungry for more? Okay, our next symbol is uh <laughs> our next symbol to be deconstructed is the almighty dollar bill. Can I get a holla for a dollar? I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> but if you see a few of these bad boys in your dream, I have some good news for you boy, you are gonna be rich, okay? Rich, rich, I tell you. Rich beyond your wildest dreams. Rich beyond all compare. Rich with something so precious that money can never buy it. That's right. I'm talking about the love of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you were expecting me to say that you were going to be rich and full of money, shame on you. Shame on you, that is not the ultimate wealth, okay? Having a personal relationship with Christ is the most treasured thing in this world. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Next up, if you are experiencing visions of Vietnam War flashbacks, you probably just have PTSD, and I hope that you can get treatment for that so that you may once again get good sleep at night. And for for our final symbol, if you dream about the person that you have a crush on, it means that that person is thinking about you. See, you probably expected me to say something like, you know, crazy, like, uh, it means you'll die of extreme herpes or something to that effect. But no, I'm being nice here. If you dream of your crush, your crush went to sleep with you on their mind. Um, of course... Who's to say that your crush wasn't thinking something awful about you, like how much they really can't stand you, or how they noticed you smelled a little weird today, like cat pee? But it could it could be very it could very well be something thoughtful that shows that they pay lots of attention to you. For example, maybe Sarah went to bed thinking about how much she loves gazing at you through your bedroom window every night while you sleep, in which case she's probably lurking outside your window right now, and every night she probably falls asleep in your front yard. Um, you, 
call the cops. <laughs> so we've gone through what colors mean. We've gone through what symbols mean. Now, how's about we interpret some actual dreams? I found some particularly saucy saucy boys on the internet that I'd like to share with you if you have the time. This first one comes from Reddit. Well, actually, they all come from Reddit. Um, and, the, and the thread is r slash strange dreams in case you'd like to go take a look for yourself. Danny DeVito. I had a short and sweet dream last night. I was looking Danny DeVito in the face while he licked his hands and groomed the hair on the side of his head like a cat. I woke up and immediately laughed. So this came from Smiles Are Pretty. That's the username. I will now try to interpret this person's dream. I'm consulting with all my brain cells. I'm tapping into my full potential. And got it. Okay. Smiles are pretty. Your dream is actually about photosynthesis. Yes. Maybe you are feeling guilty because you let your plant zucchini die last week. You didn't water it. But I think your zucchini wants you to know that it holds no hard feelings against you. It really wasn't, you know, intending on being eaten anyway. It's not really every zucchini's dream. In fact, the name DeVito and the word zucchini, DeVito Zucchini, they have the same amount of syllables. So I think it's safe to say that your plant zucchini took the form of Danny DeVito in your dream because it knows that you are a fan and it wanted to make you laugh, to make you feel better because you you were sad that you killed your zucchini. You know, like most zucchini owners would, would be if they killed their zucchini. But why did he lick his hands and groom his hair like a cat? Well, that part wasn't actually a symbol. That's just Danny DeVito being Danny DeVito, classic Danny stuff. And now we have a real doozy from Benny Boy. Four, five, six, and he says, the title, fought off giant mutant cockroaches with the help of Jack Skellington. Dream me feeds my dog a new type of food resulting in them pooping out red poops, which morph into awful cockroach creatures, which dream me proceeded to fight with the assistance of Jack Skellington who was randomly there for some reason. And after they were defeated, Dream Me dumps the flaming remains in a bin, and then I woke up. Um, you know, this strangely reminds me of this book that we were forced to read in the 12th grade. It was called The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. And if you've never read that, well, let me just say, Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do it to yourself. It's so depressing. I remember I was telling my brother about it. I came home after having read like half of it and I was like, yo, Eric, this book is the worst. It's about this man. I'll get back to the dream in a second, but I have to tell you this first because it's so, so very odd. Franz Kafka was depressed and, um, 
I want to say that he killed himself. He, he may be, maybe he did. I'm going to look that up real fast just to make sure that I'm not spreading misinformation. Franz Kafka, did he kill himself? It doesn't say. I probably should just like search Wikipedia real fast. Okay. No, apparently he had tuberculosis. So maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I know that we read something. Uh, no, it says he died of starvation. I don't know. Did it, was it tuberculosis or was it starvation? I don't know. Anyway, I know that that year we actually read several artists who killed themselves. I don't know why. I, I really don't. But anyway, he was very depressed and uh, he wrote this story, I'll say, with the main character in his viewpoint. I guess that makes sense. He was writing as if the main character was him. And he talked about how his family hated him because he turned into a giant roach-like creature and climbed up the walls and he like he didn't smell very good. And they threw apples at him. And his sister played the violin and then he died. And then they were happy. I specifically remember like one of the last scenes being like they all I think they all like stood on a hill or something the family after he died and they like looked up towards the sky and took a deep breath of happiness I mean like seriously that's the book you want us to read well, I didn't gain anything from it I really didn't I remember <laughs> so that's what I was saying I remember telling my brother I was like yo we're reading this really depressing book I hope you never have to read it it sucks and honestly, it just makes me like lose all faith in humanity. And he was like, oh, what's it called? And I was like, it's called The Metamorphosis. And he like almost choked on what he was eating because he was like, my teacher said we're reading that next week. And I was like, no, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry for you. I'm so sorry. I really am. It's not a good book. But that's what this reminds me of. A giant mutant cockroach. Anyway. Um, did I finish? I don't think I finished reading this guy's dream. And he said, after they were defeated, dream me dumps the the flaming remains in a bin. And then I woke up. So many. The new type of dog food represents the new hobby you've taken on, which is jujitsu. And the red poops turning into brooches represent the consequences that come from your action. You're afraid that learning jujitsu will make people around you laugh because the true, the true respected martial arts form in your town is none other than capoeira. But you decide to tackle that fear head on, which is where you fighting the roaches comes in. Now, why was Jack Skellington there? That's because you obviously have a good taste, as The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of Tim Burton's greatest works, if not his greatest. No, I take that back. I really do. It's, it's his greatest. <laughs> I love a lot of Tim Burton's works, but I think Nightmare Before Christmas is the most iconic. Maybe not iconic, but like, it's my favorite, so we'll just, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> um... So you defeat the roaches, you light them on fire, and you trash them. That means you're going to become the best jiu-jitsu fighter in all of West Alabama. Now, I know you didn't state where you live, 
but I naturally just assumed that you live in West Alabama. Um, and you're going to show those capoeira loving freaks who's boss. You're welcome, son. What an awesome future. This dream comes from the mind of Morgan C137 and Morgan writes coffins for days. So I just woke up from a dream where I was walking through what I believe was a rundown cathedral complete with broken windows and floorboards, nocturnal wildlife hiding in the shadows, and coffins. Coffins everywhere. As if they ran out of room for all the bodies, so they just started stacking them in random places, some even crashing through the floorboards and spilling out into the basement. I was alone and it was freaky. Not nightmarish, but thought-provoking. <sighs> Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. I hate to tell you this, but your dream meaning is quite frightening. Quite frightening indeed. If you are envisioning coffins, this means that you have somehow, some way, managed to have been bitten by a vampire and you are slowly turning. Mm-hmm. Now, if you follow the logic of Skyrim, you can reverse this effect through various methods. Method A, acquire a potion of cure disease. Uh, trust me, Morgan. <laughs> I keep this stuff handy because I get attacked by all kinds of things like skeevers and frostbite spiders. And this one time, I'm telling you, this vampire fledgling thought he was just going to jack me up out of nowhere. Mm-mm. So I sliced this guy with my two-handed sword. I sure did. I sure did slice him. I mean, he got me the first time. Sure, because I was I was focusing on something else and I happened to look down from the screen without pausing the game. And when I looked up, I saw like dude like running towards me and just like wham, 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 bam, like I was dead. And I was like, oh, I'm real glad I saved because now, you know, if I didn't, I was going to have to like do some stuff over again. I was going to be real upset. But anyway, I killed him. I like, you know, after I died and came back I killed him <laughs> anyway method b requires locating the vigilant of stendar now he can most frequently be found at the hall of the vigilant uh which I assume I think I want to say it's somewhere near dawnstar I really do I don't exactly remember because I don't go see him very often if at all maybe I've only seen him like once to be honest with you anyway you can also go to a shrine it's really up to you, um, but once full vampirism sets in, I actually don't know what to tell you because I never let my character Mary of Alina go that far. If she ever gets bitten by a vampire, which isn't really that often, um, I just like, I always carry the potion cure disease thing with me, so I like, seriously, it never really progresses to full vampirism. I just get the effects for a few minutes. Okay. So the last dream I have for you today is by far the spookiest. Since this is the spookiest month, it is very timely. <clears throat> it's called Weird Little Girl Nightmare. I had this strange nightmare for the last two weeks. It starts off with a good old day camping in the woods. I was hiking on mountains with my family until I got lost or something. I lost track of where my siblings went. It was getting dark, so I found a cave. In it was a young little girl. Looked somewhere around ages 6 through 8, and she had a torn up dress, and she looked pretty beat up. I saw her beating herself with a rock on her hand, 
and she was trying to make a hole in her forehead using a piece of glass. I tried to stop her, but dragged my hand near her neck, which led to a big hole she had in her throat? What am I reading? It reminded me of a scene from a horror movie I watched years ago. She yelled at me to end her once and for all. I keep on having this nightmare over and over. Anyone know the meaning behind it? I gotta get myself together after that one. It's very strange. I I don't know how to feel. And I also don't know how to pronounce this person's username, so I'll call you Betty Crocker, okay? Now, BC is the first person that actually asked for help interpreting the dream. The other ones didn't. I just decided to do it anyway. Um, most likely this time because this person, Betty Crocker, would like to get rid of this recurring nightmare. Thankfully, though, some very, very helpful folks chimed in with these responses. Willem500i says... Maybe a little girl wants you to kill her. Well, that that surely could be it. You could take the very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Literal, the very literal meaning of the dream. Um, but uh, Willem 500i also said, uh, maybe you feel like in life there are hard decisions that you are forced to make that you don't feel like you have to. So Willem has left this person, Betty Crocker, with two very pliable options. Um, either it's literal or it's symbolic for making hard decisions. I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's a pretty good interpretation. But honestly, to me, this just sounds like Betty Crocker has been watching way too many horror movies and maybe needs to switch to something lighter for a little while, like uh, the Care Bears or... Um, Sophia the First, or even Angelina Ballerina. Um, Betty Crocker, have you tried Max and Ruby? I mean, I mean, have you seriously sat down and watched Max and Ruby? Because those bunnies will give you all the thrill that you need that you're getting from the horror movies, but without the horror. And it's because Max is always getting into some kind of trouble, much to the dismay of his responsible big sister Ruby. Lots of thrill. Speaking of that, um, do y'all know what's up with that whole situation? I mean, as a kid, I never saw their parents. But then in one episode in 2016, everybody was making a big deal out of it because their parents suddenly like just showed up out of nowhere. In one episode, they showed up. So like, what is this? I mean, did they just take off? And leave the kids by themselves for years and then all of a sudden they like felt bad and decided to come back what the heck kind of parenting is that ruby is seven years old the only adults in her life are her grandma and her girl scout troop leader mrs huffington who both have their own houses and live their own lives and they just leave max and ruby up to their own devices every single day come on now you're really gonna leave a seven-year-old in charge a seven-year-old Come on now. Especially when you know who Max is. Like, Max needs a constant guardian in his life. He gets into so much trouble. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that is the end of this episode. I It was stupid. I know, okay. But this whole show is centered on dumb ideas. Hence the name, Completely Random Foolishness. 
Um, I hope, though, that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I hope you come back next week to see what other dumb concept I decide to dive into. I know this is also a little bit shorter than normal, but I kind of like these shorter podcasts, although sometimes I start writing and they end up an hour. That's really not my intention. These are really supposed to be more like 30-minute episodes, and sometimes they just go over. But the trend lately has been um, going back to my roots, which is, you know, just a 30 to 45 minute podcast if we even reach 30 (laughs) to be honest so yeah just thought I'd mention that also are you proud of me I actually am putting up an episode not on Thursday and not two weeks late so that's a good thing right yeah okay see you next Wednesday thank you and goodbye you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Completely Random Foolishness or on Twitter at CRF underscore podcast. Intro and outro music made by Eric Burwell, aka The Best Dad Ever. And thanks for listening to this abysmal calamity.